Hey, I'm dad. <laughs> no, you're daddy. Sure. Oh god. Oh. No, I'm oh. I'm zaddy, or whatever the fuck daddy. the kids are saying now. I don't fucking know. Zaddy. It's not like Zoomer daddy. <laughs> <laughs> So, <laughs> first off, Austin, did you see Jess' comment in some fucking part of the Discord about what a corn dog is? Uh, <laughs> Do I want? To yes. Yeah. Oh, a corn dog God. is a pop. Oh, yep. Okay, corn dog is a popsicle. Okay. Is he wrong though? He's not wrong. He's absolutely not wrong. He is one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> That's what sucks. <laughs> a pretzel dog is a sub sandwich. That one I was like, whatever. I fucking sandwich talk again. But the popsicle one threw me for a loop. I was because this shit even starts off frozen sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You just heat it up a little bit, get it squishy. I mean, if you want to make one, you know, traditional, that's great. You can skip the popsicle stuff. (laughs) But it's I ate frozen corn dogs the other day. Oh, here comes your poor shit again. Oh no! I just didn't have time. So, you didn't have time to do what? Throw it in the microwave? <laughs> I heated them up in the air fryer because um, <laughs> frozen corn dogs in the air fryer I is just delicious. didn't have time and then you put it in the air Okay. No, okay. If you shut up, let me finish my goddamn story. You sons of bitches. I didn't put it in the air fryer for long enough. So the outside was like nice and golden and crispy, but the inside was still frozen. And I had to leave in like two minutes to go pick up Josie from school. Dude. And I was really fucking hungry. So I was like, I guess I'm just eating frozen fucking corn dogs. <laughs> Fuck it. That's such a tease, too, because you bite into that nice, warm, fluffy bread. And then you just yeah, and you get that meat. cold ass fucking meat. Yeah, I don't like that. Cold meat in hot bread. That's that so, is a sex act, probably. To co- it is. To coincide with that, Jeff said that he was letting his friend listen to the Hunting Pixels podcast a while ago, or something like that. Um, and it was, it was, it was, it was the last episode. Actually, it was uh, in regards to your bologna and sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently it is a thing because his yeah, friend did I that, and he and you. he by you know by proxy he would like to know the 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 one who also grew up incredibly poor. If you ever had, if you ever had mayonnaise and salt sandwiches, oh my god! <laughs> I've never had that. Fuck. I've had mayonnaise and banana. Yeah, I feel like that's about the lowest. But I've never. You can. I've never go. had mayonnaise and salt. Jeff Jeff said this dude's parents used to give him mayonnaise and salt sandwiches, and then they would give him a glass of water with just a little bit of like a teaspoon of sugar in it, and be like, "Here's Kool Aid." And then the dude's like, no, that's not Kool-Aid, man. I got Kool-Aid at school. This is just sugar water. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like, yeah, my that mom, might my trump mom used to make, uh My mom used to make uh, sandwiches that were literally just ketchup with a slice of cheese on it. Uh, that, that's it. God damn. That's all it was. You guys are making my fucking butthole pucker. Like, this shit's gross. Right. I mean, yeah, I, dude, it's fucking. That's why I think that's why I hate ketchup so much as an adult. That's so nasty. Man. Yeah, it's pretty fucking gross, dude. And it wasn't even good cheese. It's like craft oh. singles. Craft. Yeah. <laughs> of course it's fucking craft singles. That's the. Listen. Craft singles are I, so gross. I am not one to, like be like all elitist about like certain food products and like how people mm. eat them and shit but man 
when it comes to cheese, there's no fucking way. There's absolutely no fucking way I'm ever putting craft singles on any on fucking anything. thing. No, they're no so way. fucking gross. They, dude, they make your breath smell so bad. Yeah, and uh, they're almost like not even cheese. They're almost like I don't think they are wax. It's like, definitely yeah, wax. It's just like it's so gross, dude. Ugh. It's, you have so the thing that kills me is like you go to the grocery store. If you just look, you have so many cheese options, and you're gonna choose Kraft singles, right? Like fuck you have off. so many choices. Can we talk about what our favorite cheese is? Uh, I don't think so. Are you asking if we've talked about it? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Well, what's your favorite cheese, Dylan? Ooh, ooh, that's a hard one. I, I, I love, 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 love. Two, actually. Brie, but then I also love feta. Mm. Feta's good on salads and, like, yes. grain bowls. Brie is really good by itself with, like, some apples and shit. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. dude. Love brie. I had it... With some just some celery the other day, and I was like, "This is heaven." I yeah. absolutely so love cheese. Yeah, and then uh, even blue cheese, dude. Like real blue cheese crumbles. I love that shit. Oh, I cannot fuck with blue cheese. Blue cheese is so fucking gross to me. Yeah, it's potent. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. <laughs> Something about it is like just kick me right in the taste buds. I love it. I can only eat blue cheese with wings. I can't eat it with anything else. I kind of feel the same way the about ranch. Well, actually, no. I don't even eat my wings with ranch. What the fuck am I saying? I love ranch, just not with wings. I love it with everything else, though. I can't fucking do ranch, man. Yeah, you know, I... I was playing a game. I'll talk about the game here in a little bit. But there's a point in the game where one of the two characters are talking to one another. And they say, you know, you're the one that used to enjoy peanut butter and ranch sandwiches. And That's the I most disgusting so fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Flabbergasted, dude. I was yeah. like, there is no prison way. Prison immediately. That's disgusting. That is straight to prison, dude. There is no one <laughs> out there who could possibly <laughs> like that. That is so sick. That's almost as bad as fucking the goddamn mayonnaise and salt. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, I think I'm going mayonnaise and salt over that. There's... Have you guys ever had a mayonnaise banana sandwich? Yes. No. I have genuinely. Absolutely I think that's not. another southern thing, and it is more delicious than it sounds. It is straight it's, up a, a southern thing. So good. Um, or it could just be a poor thing. Maybe that's a poor thing too. Uh, have you guys it's seen? A, it's the, a poor southern thing. Yeah, one hundred percent is a poor southern thing. Um, have you guys seen the roll for TikTok guy or roll for sandwich on TikTok? No. So this guy takes like D twenty dice. And he has, like, a sheet laid out, and it's, like, numbered one through six for the bread, and he rolls the dice. Whenever, like, that number rolls on, he uses Oh, that I have bread. seen that. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he did one today or yesterday that was so wild. It starts off with honey wheat, which is great. Goes to peanut butter. Wonderful. But then he has to throw some chicken on there. He has to throw this uh, Norwegian cheese on there. Some, like, fermented or not fermented, like, pickled Japanese plums with some kind of crazy mustard and sh- mm-hmm. and like everything bagel seasoning and it actually turned out to be good like it's Ooh. just like i'm wondering what combinations i'm too scared to try that are actually kind of wonderful like i would never do ranch and peanut butter together. Fuck no. but it's like i don't know that guy he, he has a first off i commend the idea for that channel because it is a huge success 
Like, I think, Josh, he just got to go onto a, some stadium for the NFL and, like, shoot an episode out there. I say episode. It's like a 60-minute or 60-second clip. I think it was the Lions. I could be wrong. Cowboys. I don't know. Oh, uh, Hard Knocks for HBO? No, 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 no. What is that? Uh, so Hard Knocks is like a, um, a series where basically um, they kind of follow a team throughout the preseason uh, from the year before uh, and kind of mm-hmm. go through all the trials and tribulations that that, uh, that that team went through. Oh, no, no. This is just some dude on a football f- f- pitch, and he's rolling and making a sandwich. <laughs> oh, football pitch, like soccer. N- nope. Yeah, like soccer. Nope. Like, like, like the football, thing. NFL. Like NFL. Like the... Uh, that's, that's what are they called? Football field. Field that. He went to <laughs> Detroit Lions. That's okay. Where it was. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure that was that. That's hard knocks. And from he, last season. Hang on, I'm gonna look this shit up. It's literally a dude on TikTok making Sammys. <sighs> yep, yep, yep. And it's hard knocks. What the fuck are you? About Josh, to what are you mind? on? Yeah, now I'm confused. All right. Maybe hard this knocks. is real. Hard Knocks is an HBO series started in 2001. Um, the last season was the... Oh, uh, so technically there are two this year? Weird. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, but yeah, this year, Detroit Lions and Arizona Cardinals. Hmm. Yeah, but I'm just saying the dude went to make a sandwich on their, on their field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally lost right now. I just need you to What's know. What's happening? That. I 100% I have I'm straight to prison. I don't know where oh, the fuck okay. I'm at. Okay. All I'm saying is last week, right? Was yes. the first week of the NFL season. The gotcha. actual Okay. So, unless he was doing some preseason bullshit. Yes. Um he was there specifically to film Hard Knocks for the Detroit Lions. That premiered in August on August 9th. Nope. <laughs> Literally okay. just a dude who made a video of himself making a sandwich on their field, and that was it. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you're allowed I'm to be wrong. <laughs> what? I, I, I genuinely don't know what's happening right now. Like, I'm looking at the dude's TikTok. <laughs> Josh is the king of gaslighting. Dude, I, dude I, 100%, I would n- never... In my life, live with him. I would. He would convince me of everything, because I'm sitting here right now wondering what just happened. It is scary. Maybe this whole time he's been the problem in his household. Oh my god! You're not wrong. I am a problem. That is for sure. You're. You are kind of a problem. Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of culture. We have quite a show for you today. Uh, we, we 
last month. Oh, I, actually, I, I should start by saying we're 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 back, sort of, for for two weeks in a row. First time Ooh. ever. This never happened before, not once. Um. Anyway, I feel like that's an exaggeration. <laughs> only a little bit. Uh, okay. yeah. Um. So we are we are back. Uh, for two weeks running now, which is nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, last month, because of the various, you know, situations that we found ourselves in, we, um, were unable to complete the Patreon topic of the month. So, uh, that's what this episode is going to be. So, you know, look forward to whatever it is that we're talking about today that I will not divulge at this time. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, we got we got other things to talk about. Uh, somebody's talking about manga, and, and it's not Austin, which is weird. And it's definitely Austin, not me. It's definitely not Dylan. It's I, I don't know who it could be. It's, but it's somebody. There's 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 a person here. Who's anyway? And we got video games. V- video games are good. We we we've been playing <laughs> you them. Sound like a five year old. We got video games. We got video games. Uh, we've been playing video games. It's, it's good. They're, they're things that you play with a controller in your hand or a, or a mouse and keyboard. Because PC Master Race or something. Anyway, it's going to be a show. Can we start over? I am, of course, your host, no. the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined, as almost always, by my two co-hosts, Dylan Backstreet's Back Martin and Austin, all right, Stevens. <laughs> I hate you for that. I also love it. Uh, what the fuck is... I don't know. We, we don't do the show on a regular basis anymore. I don't know how to do this. Can you, can you guys teach me real quick? Uh, you're supposed to ask us how we are. This is around the time of the episode where you would do that. Uh, okay. How are yeah, how yeah. are you? You find gentle people. Great. Yeah, it's whatever. He <laughs> <laughs> said, "You know, just existential dread and misery." But like, what are you gonna do? I mean, fucking same. Honestly, yeah, I mean, I moved on past that. You've moved on past the existential dread. Yeah, kind of actually. Oh, that's good. That's progress, Dylan. That is progress. It's progress. That is a thing that therapists say happens once yep. you talk about things enough. Yep. I don't think they would appreciate the fact that it's more or less just like a fuck it mentality, but mm. didn't really work. But you know what? It. More like just you do a what fuck you got to do. Yeah. Literally, don't care. Same. Literally. It's been a good. He's like. Good, shut up. It's been a good few days though because <laughs> I took four days off of work. And that was that was maybe what I needed. I, I yep. I'm in a clear headed place now. I Hell unfortunately yeah. have to go back tomorrow. But <laughs> oh god damn it! Yeah, yep. this is this is my last hurrah. I had a I had a podcast last night with Jeff. I had a podcast tonight with you guys, and then it's like sleep and then misery. <laughs> yeah. I like sleep and misery. Those are uh, isn't isn't that a Paramore song? Uh, yes, yeah, misery sleep. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Played a lot of games this past week. Oh, hell yeah. That's something that we don't normally do on this podcast. Mm-mm. Yeah. 
watched I would say I watched a lot of stuff, but I really didn't. I'm still going with Better Call Saul and then watch something else, but it's been uh, a productive four days. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> what I like to hear. That's, went, that's went to the mountains and shit. Got all zen. You know what I mean? That is definitely things that I like to hear. Yep. Um, you, uh, you know how you have a dog? <laughs> yeah. And you know how you take your dog up to the mountains? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, I now, too, have a dog, and I want to take him up to the mountains and, and do things with him. Oh. Can I give you destinations? Uh, yeah. I don't see why not. Okay, there's a... We'll talk about it later. I'm not going to fucking... What's that? Dox myself and give my, you know, triangulation... We're in Buford, Georgia, and nope. or Flowery nope. Branch, Georgia, nope. and or nope. Gainesville, Georgia, nope. at any given point. So just come and, come nope. and say hi. We're not. <laughs> not even close. I'm on the... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Where do you work again, Dylan? No, actually, because I don't want that to be... No. Hey, you work uh, at Ross, right? We, Ross? But, I would rather kill myself than work at some <sighs> low-grade retailer like Ross. Yeah. Have you ever walked in a Ross? It's just sad. It's almost as sad as like sad. stepping foot into like a Walmart at like 3 a.m. Yeah, where's your life going if you have to go into a Walmart at 3 in the morning? Right. Like, What's going on? What the fuck I, even I, is a Ross? I like, feel it's this, like half a Goodwill. Uh, it's like half a Goodwill <sighs> meets good Marshall's. Will. Yeah, Ross and Marshalls are pretty much the same thing. Except Marshalls actually has some like okay-ish stuff in it. I don't. I wouldn't say that. I, I, okay-ish, like Ross is nothing but like literal hand-me-downs from people who have passed away twenty years ago. <laughs> I mean, that's accurate. I used to buy the uh, Ross used to have a DVD section, and it was kind of funny because the one by the mall was like only conspiracy theory DVDs and Hell like yeah. nothing else. That's all they had. That's the best kind of, like... Not that we live close to a mall of any sort. No, we do. <clears throat> no. <laughs> yeah, we we, uh, we live right next to Lennox, dude. Not entirely. Maybe. <laughs> I love that Dylan lives in Georgia and doesn't know, like, these landmarks. <laughs> That's He's right. Like, it's okay. I, I don't know many of them. No, to be quite honest with you, if it's below... Not that I'm near the area, but if it was to oh be below God. Buford, I would have no idea what the fuck it is. Oh, it's funny that you say below because I was like sitting here thinking to myself, "Below? You mean like Dawsonville?" But that's yeah, technically that? north. That's that is north, but <laughs> Dawsonville, I would be a little more. That I think I bought my gun in Dawsonville. Oh, oh yeah. my! But Dylan said I'm strapped. Just want to remind everybody. Yeah, just if we're if we're talking general locations, just do keep in mind. There's lots of things in Georgia, and guns are one of them. Uh, <laughs> he said, "I ain't leaving the house without the heater, big dog." Pretty much, and just you know, so everyone else is aware, we have a really great idiot governor who made it possible for any one in Georgia just to concealed carry without a permit. So, yeah, isn't that great? Isn't <laughs> it the so fucking good. best? Yep. Isn't that such a smart idea? Right. I am I couldn't think of a better all for idea, owning really. guns if we have proper documentation to go with. 
<laughs> no, nah, this is the South. We don't need documentation. Oh, yeah, dude, what, the, what is this yeah. documentation thing that you're talking about? I've never heard oh, of it Jesus. before. Did that law actually pass? Yeah. It is very So I don't have to get a permit nope. anymore? You can literally carry whatever All you right, got. cool. Hell yeah. Sick. That... I'm going to go buy a gun right now. I'm doing... Me too. There's a gun show in Atlanta on Saturday. You can literally walk up to a you know vendor and not even have to get a background check. You just buy your gun. Wow. Isn't yep. that problematic? There you go. Absolutely not. That is every American's God-given right. Do you understand? Okay. <laughs> sure. Sure it is. God gave us guns, not men. Yep, he sure did. <laughs> The Lord himself came down and said, here's this AR-15, yep. do what you will. Yes. I grace God. thee with a Beretta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. He said, take this chopper, my child. Yes. Sleep with the Tech 9, son, on hood. <laughs> oh, God. On hood. Te- on te- hood. Like, hang on, you're sleeping with Tech 9, the rapper? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Tech Nine any good? Yeah, no. yeah. I, I've only ever listened to like one song. He used maybe. to be. I fucking every time. I'm so mad at what he's become. <laughs> and he, it's like didn't because he just did that song with the Rock, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Mm-mm-mm. Great for him for making money, but all the people who used to be great on his label are no longer on the label. That is yeah. an accurate statement. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll dive into that on a Bop episode one day because I'm now I'm mad. Everything was going great. Mad. Yeah. yeah. Everyone was 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 doing fine, and then everyone was kung fu fighting. Th- that There's is... one guy on his label that uh, is actually from Buford. Uh, Ritz. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I Ritz. like Ritz. Yep, he's from Buford. Him and my cousin were good friends back in the day. Interesting. That is mm-hmm. such a weird thing. Used to do a lot of drugs together. Hell yeah. Or n- no, dr- drugs are. Drugs are bad, okay? No, they're, no not. they're not. They fucking make me happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what makes me happy? When we talk about the media that we've been ingesting. <laughs> so why don't we get to it? Yeah. So, I mean, we were just talking about music. So, uh, Austin, regale us with your concert. Yeah. I I mean, it's, I, is, it, is that technically media? I mean, sure. It anything. You know what? It's it's our show. We can do whatever we want. Yeah, right? it's what we've been doing. Right? Fuck them. We make the rules. Uh, yeah, I went to see the Devil Wears Prada, and it was really cool. I got hurt. I did. The thing is, is like I didn't even mean to get in the pit. It, we we wanted to be as as front to as close to the stage as possible, so we just kind of started shoving people out of our way until we got there. And uh, cause I mean, that's just kind of what you do at metalcore shows. True. Nobody has any fucking respect for boundaries at all ever and uh where we were standing the pit just happened uh to open up behind us and i got dragged in and i was uh i was not having a good time if you're gonna do mosh pits please don't fucking have strobe lights while you do it do you know how fucking disorienting that is to be punched in the face and then just a strobe light in your face every 0.5 seconds it's awful um but it was really cool uh, I, yeah, I, I've never been to a metalcore show that the headliner band had a set list that long. It was 22 fucking songs. And that's pretty nuts that that dude can just sit up there and scream for that long and not have his vocal cords just explode. That's what I'm saying, man. Jesus. But yeah, it was, I mean, cause that's like an hour and a half set easy, if not longer. Yeah. 
Um, but it was rad. I, it was super cool. The first band that we saw uh, was called Dying Wish. We saw them once last year, and they have a uh, they're a deathcore band with a female vocalist, and she is just I. I, it's been a long time since I've been to a show and I watched a vocalist, like, capture the energy of the audience as well as she did. Like, she commanded that crowd, and she was so energetic. And last time we saw her, last year, it was actually the same time last year, it was also in September, uh, she was really, really thin. But then we saw her this time, and she was fucking jacked, bro. Like, she could have crushed my skull in her fucking biceps. She was absolutely shredded, and she just destroyed that fucking stage. Uh, the next band we saw was Stray From The Path. Uh, I'm always nervous going to a Stray From The Path show in the South, because Stray From The Path is very openly, uh, like, leftist and, and stuff like that, and that just, you know, we're in the South. Not everybody's hip on that. So it always makes me nervous, because I always feel like some shit's going to go down, and it did. It did. Uh, that's the mosh pit that I was in that I got really fucking hurt. Everybody was having a good time. Uh, at one point, everybody was just chanting "fuck Nazis" for some reason. But I mean, that it was sounds rad. like a, a thing that would happen. And then uh, the Devil Wears Prada came on. They did their iconic. Uh, uh, and they did the entirety of the Zombie EP and the Zombie Two EP. Even though the Zombie Two was kind of booty. It's not as good as the first, so I wasn't really interested in hearing the second one, but the first zombie EP, I've seen them play that EP in its entirety three times now, and it's just, it's such a treat every single time, and I can't wait. I've seen the Devil Wars Prada, I think, five or six times now in total, and they're just, they're so good. I can't wait for them to come back so I can go see them again. Hell yeah. That's super good show. I'm glad you're in one piece. Me too. I'm surprised I am, honestly, because the dude that hit me was massive. Uh, that was a big motherfucker. Yeah. Are you in one piece, though? No. Yeah. No. That... I'm in a lot of pain. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought you were dying. Or at least according to your text messages, you were dying. Hope, you know, hopefully. I don't get my hopes up or anything. Good old toaster bath. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's our uh, that's our favorite thing. Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. Take uh, music, toasters, music, and 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 shows and stuff. Well, yeah, yep, that sounds fun. like fucking. I I mean, it doesn't sound awesome from my perspective because I'm not into <laughs> that sort of music. But uh, and I'm also no. really not into the idea of getting fucking murked on at a concert. But you know, <laughs> what was the last concert that you went to, Josh? Uh. It was something right before COVID hit. It may have been Fantagram. Um, I don't even know what that is. They're a uh, trip hop duo, I guess. Ooh. Oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, that sounds fun though. Yeah, it was fun. I, I had a, a pretty balling ass time. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that was the last one. It was like right before COVID hit, um, and we. Uh, we were supposed to be actually me and Kayla's first date was supposed to be a um, uh, trip to go see them or, or not trip to go see them, but like uh, we were supposed mm-hmm. to go see them in concert and um, it just ended up not working out because of uh, fucking douchebag boss at the time. But uh, yeah. Well, damn. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah, it is. 
At least you got that experience years later. Yep. So, yeah, could could have been worse. But uh but yeah, um Dylan, what what are you what have you been up to? You you said better call Saul earlier. You... Yeah, I'm all well. I just started on season five, so I knocked out season four. I'm absolutely loving it still, but nothing nothing new from that. But um, I did start House of the Dragon. Um, I haven't okay. seen the fourth episode yet, which I think just came out on Sunday. We might just wait till next Sunday and knock out two. Um, show's really good, man. Show has me interested in Game of Thrones once again. It's nice to not have, like... I guess books that are waiting to be written to, you know, and the show is inevitably, inevitably going to catch up to it and then just tank, you know, I, I'm glad to not have that going into this. Like it's kind of a set history, you know mm. what I mean? Like this part's yeah. already known about. So all that aside, like the show itself is actually really great. Um, loving all the actors so far. Like I think Matt Smith's doing great in his role. I didn't know if I would be able to separate Matt Smith from Damon Targaryen, or you know what I mean? Like I didn't. Yeah, think I the would cartoon be able to... character that was Doctor. Uh, yes, literally Doctor Who. Doctor Who, yeah, goddamn. Um, <laughs> but he does a great job, man. He is such a good actor, and I love every moment that he is on uh, on scene. But I like the world building that we have going on right now because this is a much older Westeros. Um, damn, dude, I I forget, but it's like a. Huh, 170 years before Daenerys is born or something like that. Yeah, it, uh, I was going to say, is this based off that um, that sort of like timeline book that like George R.R. R. Martin so. wrote a couple years ago? If I'm not mistaken, it is. I, it, truly, I don't know. I think it is because I know the book you're talking about. Um, Fire and Blood or something like that. Or yeah, whatever. something like that, yeah. Um, I think that's the Targaryen house motto, but... Um, I think it is based off of that. So this is this takes place quite a while ago. Like it's such it's it's really cool to see like one of the opening shots is like a dragon flying over King's Landing King's Landing and it's like everyone's fine with it. Like no one's freaking out because that's just the time. Like this was the time of dragons and you know, they're just all over the place and like when we saw that in Game of Thrones, everyone's freaking the fuck out because they're supposed to be gone, right? And there's here comes Danny with one flying over King's Landing, and it's terrifying. But in this day and age, everyone's cool with it because Targaryens are on the throne. Like, they just see dragons going about their everyday life. And I think that's wonderful. Like, it's such a cool dynamic between the two shows. And it feels like, even though it's based within the same world, it completely separates itself from everything that we already know. There is houses and stuff that obviously you'll pick up on. Like, you... You'll hear the Tyrell name, Targaryen, Stark, Baratheon. Like, you hear these names, but you don't know who they are, right? Like, if you just followed the show, like, if you read the the lore book that, you know, you and I were just talking about, maybe, fine. But it's like, the, these are just names that mean nothing to you, right? There's no Rob Stark, there's no Ned Stark, or Cersei Lannister. There's none of that. It's something new to itself, and all of these characters that we're being introduced to are so almost it's almost intoxicating to get to know them because there's very distinct personalities at every corner like everyone that you meet it's almost fascinating because like the the show right now is following king viserys on the throne and the struggles that he's going through and then his daughter uh i think her name is rhaenyra 
if I'm not mistaken, who is now because King Viserys can't have a son, like he's never had a son born to him, like he did something that's never been done before and he named his daughter the heir to the Iron Throne. So there's like this dynamic that's going on, but then there's Prince Damon, the king's brother, and like he thinks it's his by right. But there's also some like, you know, the Targaryens are incestuous, so there's also like this weird spark between Damon and Rhaenyra too. It's like the the daughter or the the niece and the uncle. Um it's just there's a lot of really interesting relationships and they're showing houses that I've never seen before either. I forget what they're called. I forget the name of them, but they have like a seahorse as their sigil and they look so fucking rad dude like back in when we were watching game of thrones we didn't really have a lot of uh people of color in the show unless they were from across the narrow sea and then they i mean quite literally they were literally slaves that daenerys freed like that's those were the people of color that we saw so now in this show like you know 170 years ago the people of color that we see are fucking powerful houses and they're connected to the Targaryens and their like hair is solid white, almost like a Targaryen and like they're cunning warriors and they're masters of the sea. And it's so cool to see that. Um, they're just doing a lot. They're doing a lot. It's been three episodes. There's been epic battles. There's been that kind of <clears throat> that, that, dynamic that the early game of thrones had in the season one and two like a lot of like playing of the cards and stuff like that like they're playing a game right now almost it seems like and there's a lot of that going on it's wonderful dude i'm loving it i can't wait to see where it goes i can't wait to see the universe this builds i'm super excited hell yeah that sounds fucking rad dude i'm i i'm still of the mindset i got burnt out uh, on on Game of Thrones, not not necessarily because it was bad or anything like that. It was just like it was one of those things where, uh, kind of how I feel about the MCU, where like it was the only thing that anybody ever cared about, and so like by the end of it, when everybody was like, "Listen, okay, I'm going to say something that is very controversial." Okay. Oh God. That last uh, season of Game of Thrones is bad. That's not controversial. The controversial part is I don't think it's as bad as nearly everyone says it is. A lot of the stuff that I think that people are pissed off about, they built up correctly throughout the uh, the entire series. Like, mm. it just so happens that, like, it didn't go the way that s- certain people wanted it to go, and so, like, they got pissy about it. And I'm like... Uh, you don't really get to decide that, buddy. Like, some of these things got, like, set up in the first season or the first book or whatever. Like, you, I don't think that it's something that you get to be mad about when you love that first book, when you love, like, parts of this series where it was this thing explicitly. Um, So I just... The whole discourse about it really turned me off like i was just like okay I'm, I'm done with game of thrones i think um and i'm done with kind of like fantasy in general because as as much as i am maybe an apologist for that final season i i'm not willing to say that it wasn't good or, or that it was that it was good i should say 
Um, because it, it definitely 100% was fucking not. It was not good. There were too many things that it just shit the bed on. Um, mm-hmm. And I think like what a lot of people wanted from it were like their own fan theories mm-hmm. and stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Like uh, one of the one of the things that bothered me was when people were like, "Well, well, Bran, why why is he on the throne?" I'm like, uh, I mean, did you think it was going to be Jon Snow? Right, the person who literally doesn't want it. And on top of like, I like, am I upset that certain things didn't happen? One hundred percent. Like, did I want to see Jon? go head-to-head against, you know, the Night King. Yeah, I absolutely think it should have been those yeah. two going at it instead of, you know, Arya shanking him with the fucking dagger. But it's not my call to make. Um, And I'm perfectly okay with, like, the the ending that Daenerys got, too. I just think it should have had, like, an extra season to flesh this out yes. and not throw it at us in three episodes. <laughs> or, you know, however long it took to have all that shit fall apart like they were going great with it and if that's the ending we got wonderful but it needed to be more fleshed out oh yeah i 100 percent agree with that and, and the thing is i think that like a lot of the stuff i mean they they said explicitly that a lot of the stuff that they got set up and done was from george r, r. martin himself he was like this is how the series is going to end blah 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 i think what ended up happening was because they ran out of material from the books they were like well we've got to do this but like we don't know the ins and outs so we're going to have to make it up and they were getting offers from other thing uh you know i think they were offered star wars at one point yep um and so they were like well we kind of want to go do this so maybe Maybe let's just throw all this shit together. Let's just let's just fucking throw it together, and and it'll be fine. Everybody will still love it because it's exactly what George R. R. Martin said was going to happen. It'll be fine. Nobody will be upset. Wrong. <laughs> fucking objectively wrong. wrong. Big wrong. Not true. So, uh, but but yeah, I don't know. It, it kind of burnt me out um, on Game of Thrones and fantasy in general, and I just haven't been able to bring myself to go back to yeah. and I get that because I didn't I wasn't even excited like I had people telling me that it was good and to go watch it but I was like I kind of got burned on it and it's like I wasn't ready to do it but then I we caved and we wound up watching it and now it's like it has its claws in me it's really it's really good I mean if you wanted to wait until the whole entire season's out and then go through it I mean that'd be probably the better bet because you know at least you'll have by that time, a good consensus of what everyone thinks on it and stuff like that. Is it worth your time or not? But as of right now, man, it's pretty good. It's yeah. it's it's definitely season one through four of Game of Thrones good. Well, that's that. that's nice to hear. Yes, for sure. but I get it. Yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'll go back. Well, or, maybe we won't. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't fucking know. Who knows? Ow! God damn it! That's what you get, Austin, for yep. for talking shit about I know. Dylan's thing. That's what I get. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, one thing that I am not upset or uh, burnt out on or about um, is Hunter Hunter. I have been reading Hunter Hunter. Uh, I I know that I had said that like I'm. Uh, 
I don't want to talk about things until I'm finished with them. But uh, I'm going to make an exception on this one because, A, the story's not finished. Um, mm. But, B, um, I kind of feel like uh, I'm only with me being one volume from having completed it, like I just started the last volume earlier today. Um, with that being the case, I kind of feel like I know what's going on to the best that I could possibly know what's going on, uh, in this final story arc. And like I said, it's not completed. So it's not like it's, I'm missing something crazy. Um, but yeah, so I, I picked up Hunter Hunter, uh, because, uh, it is something that I have been wanting to read for a while. Um, my favorite YouTuber, his very first video was about why you should watch Hunter Hunter, the 2011 series. Um, and, uh, he's a very big advocate for it. And I was like, okay, well, he seems to like know what he's talking about when he's talking about stuff. So, uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. It is one of the best things I've ever read. Just straight up. Um, I really hope... So, one thing that I should I should say, I guess, before I, I dive too deeply into this. Uh, Yoshihiro Takashi, um, he is suffering from some really bad health problems. Um, and this is something that he has kind of, like, suffered with throughout his entire life. Uh, life as a uh, manga creator Um, and I do not wish for him to finish this to please me at the expense of his health Um, Mm -hmm. I I would not wish that on anyone I I, as much as I I might want a ending to this um, you know sooner rather than later uh, or a complete story uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, I, I also would rather uh, Tagashi get physically better before um, he continues on. Um, anyway, so uh, that aside, um, yeah, so I fucking love this thing right it's i it's hard to even really describe what it is because i feel like a lot of people will go into it and if you're not necessarily well versed in manga and and i'm not by any means but i know enough about like anime and things of that nature for me to kind of like be able to wrap my head around some of the conceits and and things that are going on um in here and uh I think a lot of people would look at this and just think, oh, it's just a standard shonen battle manga. Um, and I think to an extent it is. Like, to an extent, there are things in here that are just kind of objectively, like, shonen-y. But I think it serves a purpose where it kind of, like... it. it it kind of shows you a different perspective, maybe would be the right way to phrase it. Like, um, I think that a lot of shonen protagonists are very uh, 
admirable in their sense of resolve. Like they're very much like, I need to do this thing and therefore I'm going to do it and nothing can get in my way. And I stand for good and what's right. Like that's a lot of like, that's Goku. That's fucking, uh, uh, Bronson from Fist of the North Star. Like it's a lot of protagonists in Shonen in general. And Gone kind of feels like that in some respects. Um, the thing is, is that I feel like a lot of it is set up to be kind of a subversion of these tropes to kind of, uh, I hate to use the word deconstruct because it's, I don't know. I feel like even using subversion is kind of like, it's one of those things. It's like everybody fucking says that about everything, but like it really works to kind of showcase how those characters maybe don't, um, how do I want to put it? Um, maybe their righteousness is also a character flaw type thing. And all of the characters, like all of the characters kind of fall into that same sort of category where it really is a matter of like, you have all of these characters and they are um, like out there doing things that would either in a normal manga, like, be, or, or not a normal manga, but, like, a normal shonen would be considered, like, bad or, you know, whatever. But, like, in this, like, you get the, you get a look at, say, someone like the Phantom Troop, uh, who's introduced in, in the third major story arc, I believe. So you get the Phantom Troop, and they're, like, this, this group of criminals, and they do, they do bad things. But, like, the series takes an eye to humanize them and kind of be like, Hey, like, you know, yeah, these people do bad things, but they're also a family and they have their own wants and desires. And even like later in the series, when you kind of learn where the phantom troop comes from, it's like, Oh, like it's, I I don't want to say it's like an allegory for, for like, for, Hmm for people of color, but it's kind of like when you think about like black people in America, for instance, like black people in America are often seen as criminals and thugs and, and gangbangers and whatnot. Right. And it's because of the, the, you know, if you look at statistics, it's like, Oh, black people per, uh, they do like a disproportionate amount of crime or whatever. And it's like, I mean, maybe that's true, but also look at, like, how often those communities are policed and also take a look at the, uh, I don't know, socioeconomic climate around where black people are forced to live. Like, they have to live in squalor. They have to do something to survive. Like, you can't, I don't know. Anyway, and, and it's kind of like the Phantom Troop has a sort of, similar like story or outcome to to that sort of thing where like 
yeah, they're doing bad things, but I mean, wouldn't you also if you were in this exact same situation? I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I really liked the fact that the the book was willing to take its its more morally righteous characters to task while also humanizing the the more uh like extreme or or bad you know quote unquote bad characters of of the of the story and it gets to an even bigger uh crescendo or extent it goes to an even bigger extent when you um uh when you get to the chimera ant arc where like these characters are legitimately like they're not bad they're they're animals and it's like how do you think that an animal would operate in this situation or or like you know given given how some of these characters within the kind of ants are they're raised like i said as animals and they have no concept of like what is good morally like they they have never had to necessarily operate within the structures of like humanity um how are you going to tell them how that they're supposed to operate and 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 call them bad for the way that they are because it is a matter of like they don't know this stuff they were kind of raised as animals with like one specific goal in mind which was to breed an unstoppable king like these aren't necessarily bad people. They were just not raised like humans. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, or at least it's not necessarily like bad in the way that we would normally consider things bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, alongside that, there are characters that like are just fucking cool. Like, I love Killua. He is maybe my favorite anime manga character ever. Um, I just... I have fallen in love with that little fucking bastard. And part of it is because he's... He was raised to be a, an assassin, like a vicious killer. But he's... I think when the series starts, he's 11. He might be 12. I don't know. But he he just wants to be a fucking kid. He just wants to be friends with Gon. And to experience things that he's never gotten to experience. Because he's been bred to literally be an assassin. And when he and Gon are together, it's like the just most fucking wholesome shit, man. Like, it's so fucking... I don't know another word to describe it other than wholesome. Like I just, I love seeing them together. I love everything about their interactions with one another. And I love that Killua is again at two extremes. Like he's a vicious killer, but at the same exact time, he's just this little kid who just wants to be a kid. Um, I don't want to fucking go on too long about this and just like fucking jizz all over the place about it. But like 
It's so fucking good. It it deconstructs shonen notions in a way that like I don't think I've necessarily ever really seen before. Um, mm-hmm. And it's got some really great stories in there. It's got some really fucking great characters. And I'm just... I'm enamored with it. And I really really hope that Togashi is able to finish it um, without it affecting his health and in a manner that he sees fit because I know when he was writing Yu Yu Hakusho he had to stop because of the health concerns and even though he got to end it sort of on his own terms he wanted to do other things with that manga that the shonen you know, gods would not let him do. And I really hope that he is able to get past the health concerns and that he is able to end this on his own terms, because Mm -hmm. what I've gotten out of it is something that is incredible. Um, It's good shit. Hell yeah, dude. I love that for you. Yeah, I know uh, you said you you started the anime, right? Yeah, I started the anime, and I just didn't really like it, so I didn't keep going. Uh, I I do have the manga on my list to try eventually, because I probably will like the manga more than I like the anime. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. I might do it. I might actually, I mean, honestly, that might be the next thing I read. The one thing that I would would say... we started the we started the anime also and the the one thing that i would say in regards to like um how the two operate in in regards to one another is i i would say that they're fairly lockstep in terms of like the story that they're telling like mm-hmm. i think there are two episodes in the entire series that are considered filler um yeah so you don't have to worry about that all that much, but um, I, I do think that the anime in the opening like arc, the Hunter Exam arc, does mm-hmm. move sl- more slowly than the manga does. It's e- oh it, yeah, for sure. It's either that or I just tore through the fucking manga like it was nobody's goddamn business. Um, that's also <laughs> a possibility. I do that too. So, I don't know. Um uh, but yeah, it's it's good shit, man. I I'm I I hope that you one of you two, probably not Dylan, uh reads it and gets the same shit out of it that I did. I probably will read it. And like I said, that'll probably be the next thing I read. I need a break from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, you've been reading a fuck ton of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, I finished 5Ds, so I just have Zexel and Art 5 and Art 5 left. Hmm. Yeah, I'm a degenerate. Old degenerate. Filthy little degenerate boy. Yep, that's you. That's me. Uh, well, uh, tell us about your TCG stuff. Yeah, so I mean, speaking of Yu-Gi-Oh, I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool, dude. I fucking, um, so I sold my Digimon collection for about $600. Um... Did that I, not hurt, like, honestly? Oh, no, it stung. It it was a deep wound. Um, but 
I kind of feel like I would have been stupid not to take the offer because, I mean, I, te- I guess if you want to get technical about it, I probably did eat a little bit of money because I mostly did buy sealed product. Um, that being booster boxes and, you know, booster packs just loose off the shelf at Walmart or GameStop or wherever the fuck I found them. Because uh, for some reason, most places do not carry Digimon. And I don't... The only comic book stores in the area that do are... Uh, I, honestly, Galactic Quest is it. Most of the other comic book stores in our area don't even fucking carry it yet. Because um, it's still... I mean, it's been out for about two years, but that's still relatively new in a TCG life cycle. Um, but... So I ate, I, I, I ate a little bit of money by letting it all go for 600 but considering the cards that were included in the collection um i actually made a little bit of money i mean i i got well over what i feel like that collection was even kind of worth in the first place the guy just really fucking wanted it um so i hit up my old buddy that uh my buddy david that i originally had sold my Yu-Gi-Oh collection to and i said hey man um you know i know i know i sold my Yu-Gi-Oh collection to you for about nine hundred dollars uh, I was like, what, what, what can I get for 600? Like what of my collection can I get back? And he said, Hey, you know, I know you're, it was, it was last Wednesday, uh, when we recorded, he said, Hey, you know, I know you're doing the podcast, just come over whenever you get done recording and we'll talk about it. And I said, okay, cool. So we finished up last week. I went over there and he was like, I am actually not going to charge you anything. You can just have it all back. And I was like, fuck, dude, are you sure? You gave me, like, almost $1,000 for all this. Like, are you fucking sure? And he was like, yeah. He was like, I'm honestly just happy you're getting into the game again, and I have somebody else to play with, so just take it. That's I was like, okay. like, one of the kindest things. <laughs> Seriously. Honestly. And, like, the fact that, like, I, I got my collection back. Like, I, I, I know I sent a couple of Snapchat videos to Dylan, but, like, I'm, I, I sat, I got home... And I was just going through my binders, and it was just so fucking nostalgic. Like, I, I got my original collection back, and it, it made me so happy. That's like the most um, serotonin you could ask for as a TCG I know. player. Uh, I did. I, luckily, he didn't take it out of the binder. I don't think he even touched it, but uh, there was one specific card in there that I had gotten a couple of years ago. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! does this thing with uh, official, like, sanctioned events. Uh, called OTS packs or like official tournament store packs where you'd enter a tournament, you'd spend five, ten, fifteen dollars, and they would give you like uh, a tournament pack for every five dollars that you had to spend to enter the event. And back uh, in like 2016 or 2017, there was a specific card called Elemental Hero Stratos that they decided to give a ultimate rare to in those OTS packs. And those OTS packs are hard to fucking pull. For those ultimate rares, because there's only one card for per pu- per fucking pack, so it was a really hard pull, and I managed to get one, and I, I saw it in the binder, and I just happened to, I was like, let me look on TCG Player and just see how much the shit is even valued now, because I know when I opened it, there were people around me like selling it and asking me for it for sixty bucks. I remember that being like the typical price point for that specific pull. I went on TCG Player, and that shit's going for almost uh, well into two hundred dollars. And I was like, oh shit, like, fuck yeah, dude, like, this is awesome. I, I didn't think I had anything even in my collection that was relatively worth that, worth that much. So 
I'm I'm going to be sending the card off next week to uh, be graded, hopefully, if they get back to me and they're not, you know, super swamped. I know everybody and their mother is trying to get Pokemon cards graded right now. So hopefully they can take it and I can get that graded because it's in perfect fucking mint condition. That'll just be awesome. I want There's a whole lot of cards I have that I, I eventually want to get graded so I can just hang the slabs up in the wall in my game room. I think that would be really fucking cool. Um... I'm not totally sure that I want to play competitively again uh, with Yu-Gi-Oh! Because Yu-Gi-Oh! competitive is, is like, if you don't go second, you're going to lose. And that's just how it works. If you don't get to go second, you're going to lose. You're going to get the shit OTK'd out of you, and that's just going to be it. That's just how modern Yu-Gi-Oh! is now. Um, but it's cool. I'm, I'm getting back into the game. I've got a group of friends that we, we've all been talking about doing, like, Friday night game nights like once a month at each person's house like one night we'll do it at so-and-so's house the next Friday we'll do it at my house and vice versa so I'm I'm excited to have something like that back in my life especially with a TCG hell yeah so my question is are you ever going to collect Digimon again um I mean maybe I don't it maybe I would honestly be so upset if you didn't (laughs) really yeah, it, I mean, I it's just something that like you have genuinely talked about like a ton on the show. Yeah, and I I do love it. I do. I just I think my biggest problem is I just I had one like there was I had one buddy I knew that played it. Like outside of going to tournaments, outside of going to events, I had one buddy that played it and even he like he just he doesn't spend money like that like he's just not that kind of person he's very uh frugal with his money so he very rarely bought new stuff and and upgraded so it was like i was keeping up with the competitive meta and he kind of wasn't and so it's like well shit now i kind of like i don't mean to like i don't want to sound pretentious but i'm like i kind of feel like playing you isn't fair because like my stuff is built at the competitive level and 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 yours yours is not um but he, it's okay, because he also plays Yu-Gi-Oh! He, he is more into Yu-Gi-Oh! than Digimon, so... I mean, I do still have him, but then we have a couple of other buddies, too. Um, I mean, I'll probably pick some more Digimon cards up eventually when they start... When they release new sets. The I think the biggest reason I wanted to get out of it is because Digimon, especially right now, is getting to the point where they're, like, releasing one new set a month. And it's just, like, I don't... I don't, I don't have the money to feasibly keep up with this right now. So I'll probably get back into the game once it slows down a little bit and they don't feel like they have to release so much product back to fucking back. Because mm-hmm. once a month for a fucking 200-card set, dude, that's too much. That, that's too much going on. Yeah, that's a lot. Like, by, the time you get your, by the time you go online on places like TCG Player, you order, order the singles you need for the current format, by the time you get them in the fucking mail, the next set's right around the corner and people are already prepping for that format. And it's just, it, it was too much. Yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh's extremely toxic, though, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Dude, well, Yu-Gi-Oh is wild. Like, it's, it's such a... <sighs> very, very rarely, I feel like, did I ever go to competitive Yu-Gi-Oh events and I would actually play somebody and at the end I would be like, wow... That was enjoyable. That was a nice person to talk to. <laughs> it was a very rare thing. It's the League of Legends of TCGs. Yeah, it, it kind of is. And it's weird because you think it would be magic, but it's not. Most magic guys I meet are incredibly nice dudes. They just mostly smell awful. Same. 
<laughs> he said, I'm a nice guy. I just smell terrible. I remember um, when I when I ran a vape shop in Cumming, there was a comic book store that I would typically go to for all my Yu-Gi-Oh stuff. They were called Kapow Comics. Uh, super cool fucking place. Yeah, they shut down. No, they didn't. They're still open. Um, they shut they shut down for a long time because uh, their their building caught on fire. No, 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 no. I mean, like they moved to a new spot over in Cumming, and then they shut down again. They're open right now. Mm. Here goes yeah. the gaslighting. They, I follow them on Twitter. They're they open right may now. have moved again then because they. I. I mean that's possible. They used to be in that little strip right, like right when you get into coming on four hundred. Uh, um, I'm trying to think of what you mean. Like, like you take Buford Drive all the way down uh-huh. into coming, and that like as soon as you entered the city limits of coming, they would be in that strip right there. Not that we're anywhere close to any of these places, though. Correct. <laughs> No, yeah, Capel Comics is is definitely still huh. open. Interesting. Their Instagram is is still active. They're doing a Batman event on Saturday. I I weirdly enough though, from what I've heard, they've transitioned from being less of a comic book store to more of a just kind of in general like nerd knickknacks. Yes. Like they have a lot of action figures and a lot of board games, and I think they even carry video games to some extent. Yep. That is a hundred percent accurate. But their, I mean, their card, their their card TCG communities were always banging. I just hated going on Magic the Gathering nights because that building smelled so fucking bad, dude. Yeah, it smelled so atrocious. I'm, I think Yu-Gi-Oh is the only TCG that has an actual rule that states if you have bad hygiene and a judge notices it, you will be disqualified. Oh, Jesus! They had to make that a rule. And that's what I think is so sad. Like, just wash your ass, bro. Oh, I thought like, you were saying that the rule was sad. I was like, I don't know, it sounds like a pretty good rule to me. <laughs> no, it's just sad that they had to do yeah. it. Wash your ass, bro. It's not that hard. Shake your ass. Wash it. Do you guys wash your feet in the shower? Yes. Okay. They're, I know a lot of guys that don't for some reason. And I'm like, why? Why don't you wash your feet? Yeah, why would you not? Oh. Dylan, do you wash your feet? Uh, if I can touch it, I'm washing it. True. Oh, okay, okay. That's fair. <sighs> yeah. Alright. Well, that was that was media talk. Let's let's move on to the, the main topic of the show. We have one of those? I feel like we haven't had I'm one in a while. For real though. Um yeah. Uh so again, uh, I need to reiterate this, I think. Uh this is our Patreon topic from the month of August. Um, just because of how everything went down, we were unable to do so then. Uh, but we're doing it now. Yay! Um, so, the console wars are dead. We all know this. But social media seems to not know this. Everywhere online, there seems to be pockets of fanboys who are often throwing shade or outright vitriol at a console that they do not call their own. So, why is this? Well, the plan here is to take a look at why the console war sort of discourse has reared its ugly head again and what we can do as the global gaming community to nip it in the bud once and for all. So... Uh, 
I want to bring this discussion up first by asking if I am alone in seeing the insane ramblings of people online. Um, I have to assume, given your giddy nature to want to do this topic, Dylan, that I am not alone. Uh, I just, in in regards to people still perpetuating it. Yeah. Yeah, shit's stupid, dude. I do still see it. It's a big dumb. It's a it's a big old dumb. And it, it I mean, it's dumb. it's not as prevalent as it used to be, but it. The reason I wanted to talk about it in the first place is just because it's. This is why are we still doing this? <laughs> it's why is this still happening? Right, like most of us. I'm not going to say most of us because I do believe that's unfair. But there are so many people who have two of, if not three of, the manufacturers in their house, whether it be Xbox and PlayStation, PlayStation and Switch. Like, there's no console. Like, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Play p- play games, dude. <laughs> I don't know what to fucking tell you, but but play games. Yeah. Yeah. And that was our topic of the show. <laughs> yeah, that was it. Moving That's on it. to what we've been playing. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I feel like for some reason, there has just been this unreasonable uptick recently in how people are talking about specifically consoles less about games but very specifically about consoles and the console wars and I feel like that's really fucking annoying um, personally Uh, I see shit on Twitter all the time about um, like PlayStation fanboys will be talking about Xbox and be like where's games? Where where are the games? It's like, I mean, if you want to talk about where are the games, where's the diversity of games in your fucking portfolio, my dude? They're all third-person, over-the-shoulder action games. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, if we really want to do this, if we really want to sit here and talk, like, you've got just as bad shit as fucking Xbox does, and Nintendo's got just as bad shit as those two do. Like... All right, hold uh, on. (laughs) Hold on. Oh, hold on there. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like, I don't know. It kind of drives me fucking nuts. I, I don't understand like what, I don't know. Like what, what do people fucking want? Like not only is it annoying as someone who enjoys the hobby, but like if, if everything came down to the best place to play everything to have the best graphical performance and have the best fucking like playability it would be pc mm-hmm. why why don't you just own a fucking pc then if you're if you're such a fucking if you're so fucking butthurt and like worried about like how people are going to like talk to you about things then why don't you just go there? You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I guess, I mean, Austin, I, I asked Dylan if he had seen it. Have you seen? 
Uh, have I seen just like people arguing about the console wars in general? Oh, yeah, or just even like the the I sentiments mean, yeah. between like people of like, like, well, fucking PlayStation's bad because I'm an Xbox owner. Yeah, and you know it, it's a lot of people are like you know talk about how much they see it on the internet. I don't even see it on the internet, dude. I see it just out in fucking public and just like actual people that I know, like. Uh, I had an old group of friends that I was in. I remember when I got a PS4 for the first time, all of them were just like, oh, like, why would you waste your money on such a shitty fucking console? Like, just play on Xbox. And I'm like, like, fuck you. Like, it's my money. If I, I'll spend it however the fuck I want to. Like, I think it's so stupid for people to, like, I don't, I don't want to say dictate, but just, like, look down on other people for their gaming preferences and choices. Like, I'm, like, me personally, if I can play anything, I'm going to fucking play my Switch. Because it's just, it's more convenient for me to play my Switch than any other console I fucking own. But that, like, that's not me saying that I think that Nintendo is the best company in the game. Because that's just not fucking true. Um, I, I don't think, I really, ha I have a hard time trying to grasp that any one, that any one uh, major name is, is really better than the other. They all have their pros and they all have their fucking flaws. Um, and I just, like, it, it's, it's just so unnecessary. And at the end of the day, who, like, who really fucking cares? Like, how much does it actually matter to you? How much does it actually affect your daily life? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just pointless and unnecessary. The biggest it's discourse stupid. I see now is about, like, exclusives and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think as long as console exclusives remain a thing, I think you're always going to have people that try to, you know so to speak, uh, re-spark the console wars. I think that's just always going to be a problem. Yeah. But, you know, if you take away games being exclusive, then it's like, why should I buy this console in the first place? Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, something that I would, I would uh, say in regards to um, some of the... How do I want to put this? Some of the stuff that I see in, with with an eye towards the um, the uh, the exclusives thing is I I do see that, but I also see just as much people complaining about how Xbox they it's not that they don't have games it's that they don't own any games like it's all game pass like people are talking about like well uh you know like i don't fucking know how to how to really i guess describe what i'm trying to say but it ends up being a, a thing of like yeah well you don't even own any of the games that you have they're all x or they're uh they're all on game pass and you're just paying like for a subscription service like you don't even need the box it's not about the box it's not about the games it's about whether or not you have a subscription and to, to to that I say, have you have you yeah. not seen what PlayStation is doing? Yeah. And not only that, but PlayStation is charging you more. Significantly like, more. Is this so? Is this really about like games? Is this really about consoles, or is it just that you're mad that like there is a very valuable product out there? Like, I don't know. It's. Mm -hmm. it, it, uh, I don't want to beat on this too much, but it's fucking annoying. Like it's, it's really yeah. fucking annoying. 
100%. I don't know. Stupid. Uh, where, where do you guys stand on that? Whether, you know, uh, about in regards to whether or not Xbox is doing anything correctly with Game Pass as opposed to, you know, fucking... I mean, I you like... could say that you could say that they're not doing a good job all you want to, but I feel like numbers and money kind of speak otherwise. Numbers and money speak otherwise, and it's like between the two. So PlayStation's, uh, <clears throat> I guess their premium tiers, they have good games in their catalog for sure, but I feel like, I feel like Game Pass is more accessible. I like that mm-hmm. I also have it on PC. Like, that's the biggest part, is that mm-hmm. I have it whether I'm on my PC, whether I'm on my Xbox, like I have access to Game Pass on both. Um, and I think cloud gaming even goes into that too because like I can play, you know, Forza Horizon on either of them and mm-hmm. my progress is upheld, which is incredible because sometimes I want to be in like if I'm not saying that I'm doing it now, but it's like I could be playing the podcast or <laughs> doing the podcast and playing Forza Horizon and then I can shut it off in here and go and play on my Xbox and it's the same same shit. You know what I mean? Like I think that in that regard like Xbox, yeah, they're doing they're doing better, but it's like I think each and every one of these companies can say that they're doing better in some regard than, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the other. With Xbox, it's <clears throat> Game Pass overall, but, like, then you look at Nintendo and, like, look at how many, like, first-party games that they truly have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's their whole entire roster almost. Yeah. yeah. You look they do it. not rely on fucking third parties almost at all. No. no. And I think they do that really well. It's just well. like an added bonus for their consoles, really. Yeah. And then with Sony, like, the exclusives that they have are phenomenal, but then the hardware itself is wonderful. Like, I mean, they're doing great stuff with, like, haptic feedback, um, and, you know, they're making Mm -hmm. their games more immersive that way. I think they're all doing something great, and it's not about who's better than the other. It's just, like, what you prefer. And when it comes down to what you prefer, keep your mouth shut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because at the end of the day, nobody fucking cares. No, I I really don't. Like, I just want to talk about playing games, you know? I don't care what console it's on. Like, I I literally have my Xbox and PlayStation controllers sitting next to each other just because when I, I... I literally might put one down and pick the other right up. Like, mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about the games and what's going on with those. Let's not focus on which one's better. Like, back in the day, it was even stupid to me, too. Like, you know, during the, you know, 06 to 08 era where this thing was huge and it was Wii versus 360 versus PS3... It's like, or was that the time frame? Yeah, roughly time yeah. frame. Uh, it's like, it, it all comes down to preference, man. You don't have to have this elitist mentality because truly, if if it was about anything that could win, I mean, PC's going to win it all. It can emulate all your shit. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally can emulate all your stuff. But um, yeah, man, I don't know. I think individually they're all doing something great right now. Mm-hmm. And great for them. Like I'm not a Nintendo person at all, but I respect the hell out of what they're doing. Yeah. I'm just saying every per every everyone that I personally know that has had a stance at any point in the console wars saying that, you know, one big name is better than the other, it usually is because they're too broke and can only afford to buy one in the first place. Yeah. That's just me. Personally. I, I, I think I, I what I I think I I understand that sentiment, and and to that I would say that's not a bad thing. I I, I don't no, think that you being poor and only being able to afford one console is a bad thing. But what I would say is that that doesn't give you the right to denigrate 
people who own the other one because who made a difference. Yeah, choice. exactly. Like there's, I, yeah. I do not believe that there's a difference between you and them just because you own a different hunk of plastic. Like, yeah, I don't know. hundred percent. So I, I guess in that regard, um, is there, is there really a console war outside of these, these little fuckboys? Because I, I, I've got to say, I don't, I feel like they're all doing their own separate thing and that like what they're doing is all completely different from one another. I think, yeah. I think that Nintendo is Nintendo has gone into the sort of like, uh, I don't want to say accessibility route. Cause I don't know that that's the correct word, but I, I would say that they've gone into the route of maybe, um, I don't know if this is right either, but I, I want I want to say the sort of play anywhere you want uh, mantra. I, I I kind of don't think that that's necessarily the correct way to phrase that because I think that or I think that you could make the same case for Xbox with the Game Pass and all that stuff. Uh, but but yeah, so that like they're off doing their own thing. PlayStation has kind of become this place where it's like, if you want to play real games, this this is where you play. This is where hardcore players go, right? And like I I kind of disagree with that sentiment. I think that that's a fucking stupid argument. Um, mm-hmm. And then Microsoft has kind of gone, well, we don't need to compete with any of you because we we've got a subscription service. We're we're trying to make a a play similar to what Netflix did, you know fucking 20 years ago right like mm-hmm. we're not we're not playing the same games as you, as you guys are um is there is there really any similarities that we need to be like discussing between the three because from my point of view i don't think that like the quote-unquote console war is not a real thing it, maybe it's a company war and and maybe that's uh, a different um mm-hmm. maybe that's a different conversation that we need to be having because that's just business at yeah the end that, of the that's di- I, I don't want to say that's diversifying your business but like that's making you a player in in a different way than your competitors yeah which is a good thing 100%. i think Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a console war per se but i think there's an ip war right now mm-hmm. like i think there's companies you know the companies themselves are vying for these ips because i mean they're literally getting bought up like i think Uh, there's a war in that regard but i don't think there's like we keep referencing the people on the internet who throw these out whether it be on tiktok reddit you know youtube wherever you're watching it's like these people are living fuck what's it been 15 years in the past you know yeah I mean, they they think this it it truly matters and it does and it never will. It doesn't matter what console you play on. We're all playing games at the end of the day, but it's like now within the companies themselves, there is a bigger war going on, and it's like tr- vying for all of these fantastic IPs that are coming up for grabs all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, I mean, not to put words in your mouth, but I I think that that ends up being less of a console 
and and more of a company thing, right? I mean, like it's yeah. a Microsoft versus Sony versus Nintendo, not a yeah. Xbox versus PlayStation versus Switch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking weird times, man. Like I don't. I thought we were done with this bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> and when it comes to like. <sighs> You know, questioning if a console war like actually exists like i all you really have to look to is like a lot of it uh, uh, all three of the big name companies being sony microsoft and nintendo especially here recently like they've all kind of done something with each other at some point like i know sony is now kind of pretty big on on starting to port uh its first party titles onto the pc and i think that's a, like because sony doesn't fucking play with anybody that's just how it's always fucking been um but now more people are having access to those awesome playstation exclusives without even needing a playstation and you know microsoft and nintendo have have worked together numerous times and so it's like i think if even these big companies are telling you like hey bro we don't care you shouldn't fucking care either yeah yeah i and i think i think it's really fucking funny when phil spencer is out there and he's like saying you know i played ghost of tsushima and it was great and like you've got all the fucking fanboys being like what are you talking about like how are you gonna tell him that he didn't play it uh i don't know (laughs) like i don't understand like you guys just want something to be mad about for real and I, I feel like that's, and I feel like that is the biggest thing with with all these fucking online fanboys. Like you guys really just want something to be mad about at the end of the day. You just want something to complain about. Yeah, I I kind of think that that's exactly it. Like it's one of those things where they we have it so good in twenty twenty two, where like there isn't. I mean. It, like we were saying earlier, there there are exclusives. There, I mean, that's unfucking deniable. But like, this isn't the way it was back in the fucking '90s when it was Sega and fucking and Nintendo, where like Nintendo literally owned like ninety percent of the fucking game share, right? Like it, it's not like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know why this is like you can play whatever you want wherever you want and it's fucking awesome like it is not a matter of like you have to own one system in order to play all of these games it's a matter of like do you like this controller better do you like the design of this console better like why are we why are we arguing about this why is this a fucking thing yeah well, it's yep. not only that, it's like, when I think back, you know, one of the biggest shots that I remember coming from, like, an E3 thing was, uh, you know, when I think it, I've, I've, I think it was, like, the PlayStation guys, right, when they were, like, when, when the whole DRM thing was huge, and I was like, here's how you share one of our games, and they just literally handed the disc to the other guy, do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So, back then, like, stuff like that. You know, when when there were shots fired, like, we could maybe attest that the console war was strong. But it's like, nowadays, if you look at it, there's nothing like that. And instead, what we're seeing are those things like what Phil Spencer is doing. Phil Spencer himself, you know, congratulating, you know, 
Ghost of Tsushima for being a great game, and like he's he's got a lot of like almost across the aisle shaking of the hands with you know different whether it be Nintendo or Sony execs, whatever's going on. Like there's a lot of positivity in that regard. So the fact that we're seeing companies today be more inclusive and almost bolstering of one another, like the fact that companies themselves, like the higher ups, the CEOs, executives, whatever you want to say, like the fact that they're playing nice and we still have people like down here amongst the commoners, you know, the common rabble, <laughs> like who, who are throwing stones at one another. It's like, look at what, look at how far they have come. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the CEOs and stuff like Phil Spencer is wonderful for what he'd like. I, the dude, <laughs> I, I hope nothing ever comes bad his way like i hope we don't find out years later it's all just been a facade like he is he is so precious (laughs) we need to cherish him um i feel like with all of the positivity he's brung for the gaming community it's been infectious um just not to the people down here (laughs) you know in the in the (laughs) common rabble like i was just saying but it's like I, I, I don't see a console war anymore. I, I see it being a more inclusive thing, but people are still slow in the uptake. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I am sure. I am in full agreement with that. Um, I, I think maybe to end this conversation, and something that I, I think I wanted to get into maybe a little bit is, um, well, l- let me preface this by saying, I think I know what the answer is. Um, but... Uh, how do we how do we stop this from happening? Like, how do we get people to kind of come to their senses, so to speak, and be like, maybe this is dumb. Maybe this is something that we shouldn't be doing. Yeah, I feel like it's. I mean, I feel like it kind of goes with what I just said. You kind of have to be that example, like especially people speaking out about it. Like, I mean, if it's like. If it's someone who's actually serious, like, you got to be like, I mean, you have to be that example and be like, look, why? You know what I mean? Like, speak out, speak out against it and be like, it's not even a thing, dude. Like, I mean, everyone's moved on. Just past tell them it. they're stupid. Kind of tell them they're stupid a little bit. Just in a nice <laughs> you're, way. You're you know a big I mean? dumb. Like, Don't be nice about it. Be be inclusive and welcoming. Be like, look, there, there's no hate. There's no walls. There's no gatekeeping. It's like, play what you want. I think it's literally lead by example yeah be phil spencer yeah yeah just be that guy be him don't don't worry about anything else (laughs) yep uh yeah my my thought is uh maybe similar to yours um i think that a lot of what these people want is to be heard or seen um and i i kind of think that uh Maybe just don't give them air. Don't don't let them like. Yeah. Don't give them the time. Yeah, exactly. Day. Like these people, like I said, they they want to be seen. They want to be heard. And like, I can understand that. Like, I totally understand the want and need to be heard. Like, I, I it's I I feel like that's kind of part of the reason that I started making this show with you guys. I I feel like that's why I want to make videos. Like. I want people to see me and know me and yeah and kind of like not feel like I'm invisible. Like I I totally 
am down with the idea that like maybe maybe some of this is just people not knowing how to present themselves and wanting to to have friends and wanting to be heard and noticed and and fucking like i said seen and they think that the only way they can do that is through making i don't want to say making a mockery but like being on one side of an argument because that's that's the mm-hmm. only way that they uh i don't want to say that they know how but like that that's what makes sense to them they're like i no one understands me. No one gets me except for these people, these people who own PlayStation and like, nah, bud, that ain't, that ain't it. Like there are people out there who will get you who play Xbox. You don't, you don't need to like yeah. sit there and pretend like they hate you. They like video games just as much as you do. They just happen to think like this console is maybe the better fit for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, but yeah, uh, I guess my 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 thing was to say, don't give them the time of day, but also do what Dylan said too, because being a gatekeeper is bad. <laughs> Unless it's yeah. talking about seeing movies in theaters, because I am right, you should only see movies oh in God. movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> movie theaters are dumb. Truly, they're. They're kind of the fucking worst, right? I mean, honestly. Too expensive now, man. Uh, I mean, they can be expensive. Too expensive. They don't have to be. Yeah. Be th- but they can they be. They can be. All right. Well, yeah, that was our topic of the show. Uh, fucking thank you to the patrons for voting on that. It was um, it was a long time coming, and we're uh, sorry that it took us as long as it did, but... You got, you got it. You, you got your episode, boys and girls. There you go. You got what you paid for, kind, kind of. Kind of. 18 years late. <laughs> um, yeah, let's uh, let's talk about what we've been playing. Um, yes, sir. Who wants to go first? I haven't done anything, so not me. You haven't played a single game? Uh, I mean, just a lot of Master Duel. That's it. That I I haven't played anything else in the last week. Boy, to be honest, I, I played Duel Links. That's cool, I guess. But is it though? I, I don't know. It's is, is that also Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, it's a simplified Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. <laughs> it's just a smaller board. It's the same thing. Instead of a forty-card deck, you play with twenty, and instead of five monster zones and five spell and trap zones, you have three of each. It's just a simplified Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, beautiful. I like that. That's it. It's fun. Okay. It's fun. All right. Well, uh, Dylan, do you want to go first or you want me to? Uh, you go first. Okay. All right. Um, well, uh, I have been playing Dead by Daylight because there's a new uh, there's a new um, like, uh, I don't want to call it expansion, but uh, a new uh, there's a new killer? Yep. Yep. There is. Uh, it is Wesker from Resident Evil. Oh. Um, and then two new survivors, um, Ada and Rebecca from Resident Evil Zero, I believe. 
Uh, yeah, the, I wanted to bring this up because um, I love Dead by Daylight. I really like this expansion. Um, I, I feel like the perks that came with the survivors uh, this time around was uh, very... I don't want to say necessary. That's not really right. That's not really what I want to say. But, like, they're doing things that I think are necessary to the sort of uh, survival of survivors. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. So, the reason that I wanted to bring it up, though, specifically was because... As much as, uh, like, some people like to complain, I feel like the devs over at Behavior have done a pretty good job of just making sure that, like, everyone is happy, right? They're trying to take care of the killers. They're trying to take care of the survivors. And, like, um, the changes that they're implementing for the most part, I think are, are solid, um, like steps in the right direction to making everyone happy. But I think it's impossible to do that because of the way that the game is played when it's something that is an inherently antagonistic. I, I feel like it's hard to make one side okay with changes to the other side. And so I want to preface all of what I'm about to say by saying that specifically. Um, I hate the fucking changes that they have implemented in here for survivors. I think that it makes the game completely unfun to play sometimes. Um... There are just things that I really don't think help survivors. Or, well, I, I, I don't think that they help killers. Okay. I, and I'm coming at, at this from the perspective of, of a survivor uh, main. Um, I don't think that they in the grand scheme of things, help killers in the way that, like, ultimately killers want the game to help them, if that makes sense. Like, I think that, like, what a lot of killers take, I don't want to say offense to, but, like, are, are actively, like, kind of, like, they're saying the game is hard for us in these aspects. I think that the the things that behavior has changed do not address those issues in in a meaningful manner and only hurt the survivors. And I, I don't think that that's good for really either side because at the end of the day, I think when you are playing this game, right... You're playing this game to have fun. And I think that if if one side is ultimately just 
causing grief for the other side, there's no way for that to be um, beneficial really to either party. Like, it's not fun if every match I'm we're getting 4K'd before we can get two generators done. I don't think that that's fun, and I don't think that that's really, like, a good thing to have. I think that what part of what makes Dead by Daylight such a fun experience is, is it is one of those uh, almost like chess. It, it's 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 almost like chess where like it's a it's a battle of minds and you have to kind of like play things on your own terms and and just like discover what works best for you while also like implementing those changes against someone who maybe is not doing this like not playing the same game as you like if for instance one way to combat uh i hate to say this but like gen rushers is to camp hooks as a killer um and I think that when you switch up your style from, say, a, a, a gin rusher, I, again, I, I hate that term, to, to someone who's trying to be more openly... Um, uh, how, how do I want to put this? More openly, um, like, helpful to the surviving teammates. Um, I, I think that... Uh, that the camping thing becomes really a egregious and and gross way to play the game. Um, but, like, some people will tell you that's the only way to play. And I think that that fucking, like, is not a necessarily good, uh, like... I don't know. I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm rambling here. My, my point is, is that, like... Behavior has implemented a ton of things in the very recent past that have made me feel like I am unwanted as a survivor or that like my needs don't take precedent over those of a killer because the killers are the ones maybe keeping the game alive or, or whatever fucking bullshit you want to justify it as. Um, and I, I think that that's fucking lame. Uh, personally, um, I think that both sides need to be having benefits thrown their way and not have it be how I feel, uh, which is very one-sided. Um, there are concerns for killers. Uh, I, I think that there are some things that would be very beneficial to know or like, from an information standpoint, like when you start a game, there is absolutely no way to, to tell how fast you're going to be able to put pressure on a team of survivors because the times for generators and the, um, like to fix them can vary so vastly because of perks and item counts. And, it is something that, like, if you don't know how you're supposed to uh, operate with with 
in the given parameters, like that puts you at a severe disadvantage. And I, I think that like, that's not a good thing. And that's something that needs to be addressed for sure. But I don't think at the expense of hurting survivors, which is what I feel like the game has kind of become. Um, I don't know. It's still a lot of fun to play. I'm still enjoying the hell out of it because it's, it's like the game I play. Uh, but I, I do think that it, when Evil Dead came out earlier this year, that it put a different perspective on things for me where I see a very, uh, I see the ways that Dead by Daylight could be improved for everyone. And Evil Dead is a natural evolution that I think is, um, something that I, I, I would like to see more devs or, or I would like to see the space, um, explore more is stuff that it did. I don't know. Ramble over, I guess, or not. I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, I tried playing it a few days ago and I had a rough time of it. Yeah. As survivors, I I, I don't think that the game is really conducive to fucking any fucking thing. I, I kind of feel like the game fucking sucks as a survivor. I, I don't think it's fun. Yeah. I used to go in and be able to win at least a couple, escape from a couple of games, but we were playing the other night and I absolutely got destroyed. Yeah. And the thing that sucks is I I don't think that you need to win every single match in order to have fun. I I don't think that you need to do that. No, you really don't. But when you're sometimes it'll yeah be nice. yeah exactly every now and, and then and when you're dying like the thing that has been happening to me when I've been playing it that has really just been fucking pissing me off like just generally or genuinely just making me fucking angry is I'll get into games where I'm the only one doing anything. And the reason that that is is because people are too fucking afraid to do anything now because if the killer catches you, you're fucked. Because they they don't... Like, they, they will camp you on hook. They will sit there and they will make sure that nobody else comes for you on hook. And then, like, if someone does come to get you, they'll either A, tunnel you, or immediately down the other person and camp the hook again. And it's it's not fun to do that. It's not, like, ugh, I don't know. It's, it's it can be fun. very infuriating. It's also still a game that I play and really enjoy. And I don't know. I want to see it, because I like it so much, I want to see it do... I want to see it be better. I want to see it do better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, rant over. DBD, semi-good game. Still play it, <laughs> yeah. B- bad game, actually. Bad, bad game. No. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so, for me, with the two games I'm going to talk about tonight, I told you guys last night, this completes my challenge for the, for the 10 genres. So... 
the first person shooter that I went with was Back for Blood. I I had been wanting to get into it for a while and I just never did. And then I was sitting looking for something to play the other night and I was feeling multiplayer, but I didn't know what. And then I saw that and I was like, fuck it, let's try it. I really, really enjoyed my time with this game, but the fact that the community is kind of already dead for it really sucks and held it back for me because it took so long to find like a session I, I guess you could say one that would start at the beginning and then go to the end of the the chapter that I was on um, it, it took so long to find games and stuff but I had such a blast with this like it, it was great to finally have that Left for Dead feel again like I know I can go back and I can play Left for Dead but just something I guess new um, a little innovative too. Um, it was very welcome. I, I didn't know anything about the the campaign, the survivors. I didn't really know what kind of. I didn't know too much about it, so I went into it and I had a great time with it. I mean, it was it was kind of short lived. I'll say of that. Like I think there is without DLC, there's only four chapters, and the last chapter is just a colossal boss fight. But. Um, no, I, I I quite enjoyed it. I wish the game kind of... I feel like the Left for Dead community on PC is probably a lot stronger than Back for Blood is in general right now, and it has cross-play. Um, so that's unfortunate. I wish I would have jumped on it earlier, like when we had people in the Discord playing it. <sighs> I missed an opportunity there. Did you actually wind up playing the game, Josh? Yeah, I played it when it first hit Game Pass f- for about a week. Um it felt like Left 4 Dead, but also felt nothing like it. And and yeah. I felt like that kind of dissuaded me. Like, I, I feel like it has the potential to be one of those games that people really, really love. In the same way that the first Left 4 Dead was kind of like... Uh, you know, everyone fucking sucked that game's dick. And rightfully so. It was a fucking good game. Um, but uh, there's just... There's stuff holding it back for me. Like, I, I genuinely feel like the... the Not progression, but... Like, the way that you go through levels is just... It's too much. There's too... They're too long. That's probably the best way to put it. So that is 100% true. And also to coincide with that, some of the... Like, it's segmented out into multiple parts of a chapter. Mm -hmm. But some of those parts... Entirely, it is long. But some of those parts are like a dash across the street almost. And it's like just incredibly short. Like, it's Yeah, it's not paced well. It's not paced well at all. The gameplay itself, when it's happening, is mm-hmm. fun. Like, I love the boss fights. I love the special infected. And I love the gunplay. Like, I, I had a good time with it. I had nothing wrong with that. Like, it's different than Left 4 Dead. You're absolutely right. But core concept's still there. But the pacing overall, like you said, yeah, it was so all over the place. And I expected, like, Chapter 1, 2, 3, 4 to be all equal parts in length. But 1 and 2 were fairly long. And then 3, not so much. And then, like I said, 4 was just one giant boss fight. So it was all over the place with its pacing, and it could be way too long or incredibly, like, not enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that that's honestly probably my biggest complaint with it is I 
either it was very long or I was doing nothing and, and running through in like 10 minutes. Yep. And no, I, 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 I wish it was more than it is. Um, like I said, enjoyed my time with it for it being the first person shooter that I wound up completing. I mean, I do not regret it, but it's, it falls pretty low in the totem pole of the games that I did wind up beating so far this yeah. year. Yep. I, I'm, I'm right there with definitely you. above Naruto though. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, I don't even play that game anymore. <laughs> no, it makes me feel worse, so actually. Fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't care. I know. Doesn't have anything to do with me. Oh, it's entirely your fault. <laughs> Has everything to do with you. The funny thing is he actually oh, gave man. me a fighting game that was semi enjoyable. Just Yeah. I did. That's that's I so did. good. Hey, remember that time I joked about giving you a Persona fighting game and you said, no, don't do that. And I, so me? I didn't. Yeah, you, bitch. Yeah, but then you fucking somehow gave me a mayonnaise and salt sandwich. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah. No, it's more of a, it's more of a ketchup and cheese sandwich. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh, man. Not quite peanut butter and ranch, but close. Oh, man. Oh, dude, that just makes my stomach turn to think about eating peanut okay. butter and ranch at the same time. Yes, it's, it's not Ugh. good. I'll let you know how it goes after this podcast. Don't, no, don't, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> do do that, that to low. yourself. Do it. Like do it <laughs> Crunchy peanut butter, too. Uh, oh, that's the worst uh, kind of peanut butter. Uh, okay. Uh, one thing before I get into the the final game that I was playing, I wanted to give a little update on Cult of the Lamb, um, mm-hmm. because I, I had pretty glowing things to say about it uh, last week. Um, it's mostly still that, but I know you guys talked about some of the technical things. Well, I mean, I think we we all kind of talked about some of the technical uh, mishavings. Um, and those, I kind of, I don't want to say I, I kind of like dismissed, uh, cause I didn't, I, I definitely did not dismiss them. Um, but I didn't think that they were as glaring as maybe Dylan did. Um, I 100% have run into way more now, and it is it is not the game down a pick for me. Um, it's still one of my favorite games of the year, for sure. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is not... I, I don't think it's anywhere in the running for game of the year for me anymore. Um, there yeah. are things where, like, normally, like I said, this is, like... I'm okay with maybe a little stuttering here and there because, I mean, it, it is an indie game. I'm not going to, like, expect fucking AAA Naughty Dog fucking polish on this shit, right? But... You don't even get that with AAA uh, games fuck anymore. Fucking for real, though. Um, <laughs> but I am expecting it to be somewhat... I don't want to say playable because that makes it seem like the game's not playable and it totally is. But I noticed a point when I got up above 20 survivors um, and I don't know that this is what caused it, but I noticed it after this point where the game would sit and it would just chug and 
to the point where I would dodge things in, uh, like I wouldn't even be around, um, the, uh, God, what the fuck is the name? Like the base. I, I wouldn't be around home base, you know, where everyone is. I would be out in a dungeon and it would be fucking bogging down because I, again, I assume, I don't know that this is the case, but I have to assume given that nothing else had changed. I, I have to assume that the reason that it was bog or like chugging was because I had over 20 people in my base and that's not good. That's not a good sign. That's like, your game should not be doing that if it's not in, like, if you're if you're intending your two things to be separate. Like, you have your your uh, roguelite, and then you have your, your management sim type thing. Like, you should not have the roguelite part chugging really badly because you have too many survivors in your... Uh, management sim part I just I don't believe mm -hmm. that that should be happening um, call me old fashioned but I just don't think that should, that should happen um, yeah uh, I mean other than that though it still remains a real good game that I'm really enjoying um, again not as much as I had wanted to but you know whatever Anyway, um, so the other thing that I've been playing, uh, and I think that this will fall into the um, area of graphic novel for for the purposes of the challenge, uh, unless unless dating sim isn't technically a graphic novel, I don't know. That's something we can probably decide. Uh, elsewhere. Uh, what the fuck? I just looked it up. <laughs> you were kidding me. I, I'm not. Uh, I've been playing Hooked on You, a Dead by Daylight dating simulator. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> please. <laughs> All right. So, basically, the premise is you get stuck on this this des deserted island and things are not quite as they seem and you have to interact with um the uh killers some of the killers not not all the killers there's uh i think a total of five that you can romance um no that's not true this is the best thing that I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. Who's the chick in the hat? Uh, that is Spirit. Oh. Yeah. Uh, well, that awakens something. <laughs> <laughs> I kept making that same joke over and over again when people would be like, what is that? And I'd be like, uh, it's the Dead by Daylight simulator, and you got you got to date the, the killers. I hope it doesn't awaken anything in me. Yep, because Huntress is looking kind of oh, buff. Oh, oh my Hunt God. Huntress is uh, a bad bitch. She is thick and muscly, and 
Yeah. <laughs> this is the craziest sh- I would Spirit not Spirit is kind of is is really doing yeah. something for you. That's really checking it. That's really checking a lot when of When is boxes. that sexiest video game character? All right. <laughs> All right. Cuz yeah, Spirit's going to be going to oh be right up God. there. Oh uh, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. So oh, wow. um yeah, you 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 the <laughs> basic premise is that you're caught up on the on the the Dead by Daylight Island, I guess. And you need to take these killers on a date and and do things with them. Um, and uh, I really like this game uh, for reasons that may not beca- uh, they may not be obvious to people who just look at it and be like, "Ugh, what the fucking dating sim with Dead by Daylight characters?" Like, I I really think that this game is charming in a lot of ways that you probably wouldn't think of Dead by Daylight as being charming, um, and mm-hmm. I I really like the a lot of the character writing in this. Like, I I think that like. Each of the characters, specifically the killers, but even some of the the non-killer related uh, characters, I feel like they're written in a way that is very just. I don't, don't want to say cutesy for the sake of being cutesy because it's it's not that, but it it is very much a. Um. It, it's it it knows what it's doing. The thing, one of the things that has bothered me though is it knows what it's doing, but there are times where it's like, it, it wants to, it wants to make sure that like you know that everything's a joke, like haha, Dead by Daylight killers as as like, as as paramours of your of your, uh like you know, sexual ends or sexual needs or whatever. I don't know how the, how would be best to phrase that, but like, they're like, Mm -hmm. isn't this hilarious? Isn't this such a funny joke? And like, they break the fourth wall a lot. And like, I don't have a problem with breaking the fourth wall, uh, especially when it's in service to, you know, kind of being like a, a, a good joke, but they break the fourth wall a lot to kind of be handholdy with it and be like, you know this is a joke, right? And it kind of, like, gets stale after a little bit. Like, it doesn't trust that you know that you're playing a, a game that was kind of created as a joke. And, like, no, nah, I've played Dead by Daylight. This is a dating sim based on Dead by Daylight. I get that it's a joke. You don't have to tell me constantly. Um, and that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, because I, I think that you could, you could easily get away with not having that be a thing and, and and the game be just as good and charming and funny as it, as it is. And I like, I do think it is good. I do think it is charming. And I do think that like, that if they trusted their, their player base enough that they wouldn't have to do that. It almost feels like they don't trust the people who are going to be playing it to know that like 
it's supposed to be a fun experience and you're not supposed to take it seriously. And that is, like I said, it's really frustrating. Like, I'm not stupid, guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm not stupid. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's it's funny. It's it's a cute little, like, joke game. Got it. Understood. Uh, mm-hmm. But that one big gripe aside, it's, I mean, it's fun. It's... I, I love getting to know the characters. Like, I, I, that sounds so fucking strange to say, but, like, I've really enjoyed getting to know Spirit and Huntress, um, and I'm eventually going to, you know, move over to um, Trapper and, uh, oh, shit, uh, Wraith. Um, I'm eventually going to move over to them, but, like, I've been having fun seeing all of the possibilities that could come out of the uh, the huntress and the um the spirit because i they're just they're really interesting um like i i really like that like <laughs> there's this one scene in particular that had me kind of like cackling with joy and it was like i i think it was technically the first date that you have with with um uh uh fuck uh i just had her name spirit like where she is like she is telling a story she she's supposed to be telling a story and it's very clearly about her and like you have a conversation after she's done telling the story and you're like you have the option of saying well that was about you right and like She's like, no, there are very clear differences. Obviously, it wasn't about me. And, like, she gets really upset about it because she thinks that, like, y- you don't see her as a creative person, but she's really, like, a creative person, and that's, like, one of the things that she's, like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Conscious, like, self-conscious about. And it was just it was such a cute interaction that like, I was like, this is so like precious. And like, this is, this is exactly what I wanted out of this game. I wanted to like, have a good, like fun time trying to date these dead by daylight characters. And that, that's what I've enjoyed about it. That's what I'm going to continue to enjoy about it. I think, um, I genuinely hope that I, I get to the end and have done everything that I can do. And it's not just a, 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 hasn't been just a big old like waste of my time where the devs again are just like, Hey, you know that this is a joke, right? Because that would be very disheartening. I think to, to have it end on a, on a note that is very condescending. Um, but I'm having a, a, an actual blast with this game. I think that it is charming and fun, and I am very enamored with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, did not expect that, dude. I was wondering what it was, and then mind blown. I love every <laughs> bit of yeah. that. It's, uh, it's also relatively cheap, I think. I think it's only like 15 bucks. That is not Oh, bad. wow. That's almost maybe considerable for me that's just i love that and then wraith looks hilarious i i might need this he said i might need this in yeah. my life 
I, I have time now. I, I don't I, like that's something that I've learned about doing this challenge this year is like I don't like having a responsibility to get something done. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the anxiety makes me not want to play anything else, but then I don't want to play the things that I have scheduled to play, so then I'm fucked. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, so I finished up the challenge with my episodic adventure game. Um, and that was tell me why Josh, didn't you play this one? Uh, I have not played past the first chapter. I think I had originally intended to, but I never got around to like actually beating it or whatever. Okay. I will not go into spoilers with this. Um, so I've played a lot of games this year now with this being finished as well. I think this makes number 12 that I've finished this year if I've kept up with everything correctly. Um, tell me why is the game that impacted me the most out of all of them. Oh. So this was a three-episode game, so you played the first one. There's two more that follows. Um, and each episode is a few hours long. Um, if, and it's on Game Pass. I just want everyone to know that. So if you have Game Pass, definitely give it a shot. Um, and this is a story that follows Tyler and Allison Ronan, and they're twins that live up in Alaska. And um, I, just to preface all of this, so Tyler was initially born female. But as you get to know him, he's in the process of transitioning into a male. So he's trans male. Um, and like in, in the youth that you start to watch flashbacks of, he's known as Ollie back then. Even though like in that moment, you know, they identified as a female Ollie had begun to understand like that's that's not true like he knew that wasn't the case so this game does so good at telling the story through a trans person's eyes and all throughout the game we're seeing the struggles that Tyler goes through in terms of being you know the things that people say to him or how they treat him and how they look at him it's so sickening and you cannot help but feel absolutely awful for him and I think it does a really great job of putting you into that perspective. So all of that aside, this is a story that handles trauma. It handles grief. It handles a beautiful mystery that takes place in this small little Alaskan town. Um, story starts off, and it's these two kids. And essentially, one stormy night... Their mom essentially tried to kill them. And in turn, they defend themselves and they wind up killing their mother. And it's horrifying to watch because it's two 10-year-old kids that do this. That first endure the shock of their mother trying to kill them and then you in turn have to turn around and kill your mom. So the story kind of goes, that's how it starts. And then because Tyler took the blame, like he wound up having to go away for a while. Like he was charged with homicide. He had to go to this special place. So we pick up years later uh, and it comes time for Tyler and Allison to reunite after so long. There was, I'm trying to leave out as many details as I can but you you start off with them kind of reconnecting and they're what they're reconnecting for is they're going to go back to their childhood house 
and it's time to sell it. It's time to move on. But when they get there, things start happening. They start to notice a very close link between them. They start kind of piecing together a mystery of what happened that night. It's just an incredible story from start to finish. And by the end of the first chapter, like you're glued to the game like your your jaw drops at the end of the first chapter and then you just have to see the next two through it is truly an incredible ride i think i don't know where it would land in like my favorite games of all time category but it has to be top 10 for me just for the story that it told and how great it did and the choices that it allowed you to make along the way and those and the outcomes of those choices like the characters that are introduced through the story, like some of them are rough around the edges, but you grow to love them. And then some of the other ones are like truly gaslighting pieces of shit and you have to endure them. But it also does a great job. Like I said, telling that story of a trans person. And then they also have another gay character in the, in in the story somewhat as well and it allows you to build a relationship with them it's just a truly fantastic game and i i i want people to experience experience it and give it a shot because i had so much fun with it and it's it's a nice relaxing game like even just spending an hour or two at a time on it like it will allow you to see so much and by the end of it like you do not want to stop you want to finish it and you want to see it through mm-hmm. I love it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, dude. This sounds super good. Is this uh, from the same people who did Life is Strange? I know it's got a very similar art (sighs) style, and it's um, it's got uh, like the same sort of like gameplay mechanics and whatnot. Yeah, it's from um, Don't Nod. That's that's the team. Yeah. So I never put, so life is it was either going to be the Walking Dead to finish that life is strange, um, or this and I saw this was on Game Pass so I went with this man and I'm so glad that I did. So, I I, I really enjoyed it and like I said that's my tenth one for the year so the fighting game was Naruto to Boruto racing was Crash Team Racing platformer was Crash Four, Metroidvania was Ori and the Will of the Wisps open world thanks to you was Elden Ring. Uh, Life Sim Stardew, Action Adventure, Lego Skywalker, shit, stupid game. Roguelike was Cult of the Lamb, FPS was Back for Blood, and Episodic Adventures. Tell me why. That's all 10. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Well, that's fucking rad. It is rad. GG. Done with that. You know what I've done since then? I've played fucking Skyrim. For the 80,000 fucking Skyrim. Dude, I literally just... He said, I'm done for the year... Time to go drown my yep. life away in Skyrim. I really booted up some uh, anniversary edition vanilla Skyrim on the Series X, and that's just what I've done nothing but play for the past. Now that I have no responsibility to finish a game, it's like let's just mindlessly stare into uh, Oblivion. No, not Oblivion. Skyrim. Yep. Oblivion is a <laughs> completely different game. Oh, but it's so good. Is it? Oblivion's great. Oblivion's better than Skyrim. Okay. Quote, quote me. Uh, I can't argue. Like they're, I high, I hold them both in high esteem. It's Oblivion's great. You should play it, Austin. 
It's yeah, better than any Fallout game um, that ever came out. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> so there's that. And that's wrong. It's better than Fallout New Vegas. Oblivion <sighs> is better than Fallout New Vegas. I don't want to do this show anymore. <laughs> I hate it here. That's just wrong. That's just it's not, not true. wrong. It's a fact. I, I don't know because I've never played Oblivion. But now, if there ever was a chance that I would have played Oblivion, you just shot it into the ground. I feel like you should do it to prove me mm-hmm. wrong. No. I will. You know what? I will. There I will go. go play Oblivion. It's on I'll Game tell Pass. you how much I fucking hate it. You can do that. I'll right. reciprocate with how bad New Vegas is. Wow. Wow. Yep. You were really just going for the throat. What did I do to you? <laughs> what did uh, I do to you? Bologna and sugar. <laughs> that's fair. Austin, you were poor. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what you did. You... Bitch, the bologna yeah, and sugar crime. hurt me more than it hurts you. <laughs> that's true. Are you kidding? You know how fucking unhealthy uh, that is? <laughs> I'm going to go eat some right now, though, just oh, to fucking God. spite. Just to spite me. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to go fry. No, just kidding. Madison won't let me do that in the house anymore while she's here. Uh, good for her. I'm glad. That she... she said, I'm not smelling that. So you're not, if I'm home, you're not cooking it. Oh, my gosh. She won't even put bologna on the grocery list anymore. She just won't do it. She was like, if you want it, you can go to the store and you can fucking get it. You guys are fucking crazy. Uh, on, on my grocery list is my pick of the week. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Is that so, right? Yeah, not really. I just wanted to move on. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> good, good, good for you, bud. <laughs> I got food like five minutes away. I'm trying to okay. go. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Well, um, my uh, my pick of the week is I'm trying to find it in my. Where is it at? Are you doing this on purpose? No, no, no. no. I, I'm genuinely. Yeah. I'm trying to find it in my YouTube list. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that right. it is. <laughs> it's a video essay on the rehearsal called "How Real Is the Rehearsal" by Thomas Flight, uh, and he kind of goes mm-hmm. into uh, certain aspects about like the artifice of reality TV and what even is reality and and things of that nature. Uh, it's a pretty good video essay. Um, not how I plan to tackle the show, but uh, still something worth uh, worth watching. So, go check it out, fuck, or don't. Fuck you. <laughs> or don't. Who cares? We don't. Yeah, uh, my pick of the week is a song called Past the Nirvana by Pierce the Veil. This is the first song that they have released in f- over five years. A lot of people were really looking forward to it, and I'm not going to lie. When I listened to the song for the first time, I fucking hated it. I thought it was terrible. I was like, this is not them. This doesn't sound like them. Like, I'm just, I'm not feeling this. But then the more I listened to it, I was like, you know what? It's a good thing it doesn't sound like them. Because I'm kind of tired of hearing the same whiny fucking emo bullshit that they've been doing for the last 15 fucking years. Um, A lot of people are shitting on the song because, again, it doesn't sound like them or it's a completely new sound. But, you know, like... People grow, and, you know, fucking bands and musicians, they're allowed to grow musically. They're allowed to try new things and throw, you know, throw new shit at the wall and see if it fucking sticks. Um, So I'm glad that they're doing this. I think it's a much better song than I uh, initially thought, and, yeah, super good. Nice. Hmm. All right, bring us home. Uh, Super easy. It's House of the Dragon. I genuinely think that... If you enjoyed the first four seasons of Game of Thrones, you will enjoy this new endeavor. So give it a check. It's on HBO. 
Okay. Which you pay for through... Uh, through going to fuck yourself. <laughs> there crazy. we go. Got it. All right. Uh, as always, you can find us on social media for all things Culture Bob Hunting Pixels and the Culture Bob family of content. Culture Bob is available on Instagram at culture underscore Bob and on YouTube at youtube.com slash C slash culture Bob. Uh, I am available on Twitter at the Bebop Man182, on Instagram at Bebop Man182, and on Twitch at the underscore Bebop Man. Dylan is available on Twitter at TV, and then on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, all at OMDizzy. Last but not least, Austin is available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. Now, with that all said, there's something that you can do for us if you really like us. If, if you really want to see us grow, if you if you want us to be able to make money eventually someday, when when they don't. when when things are happening and and we're dying, um, then go to uh, Patreon.com/slash/CultureBop and uh, consider tossing us a pledge. Uh, we got some very cool perks over there, and uh, once we start hitting our goals, we're we're going to you know maybe move this to full time which would be great for everyone involved including you the listeners so uh as it stands right now um we have some very very great patrons uh that we would like to shout out um because they have just been you know they've been great to us so we have justin fried green tomatoes ruis Tani, Red Beans and Rice Salmon, Jeffrey, Chicken and Dumpling Scissor Toe, Blake, Peach Cobbler Graham, Gilbert, Tomato Sandwich Kitchens, Sean, Frito Pie O'Keefe Jr., Bryn, Banana Pudding Woodham, Dylan, Biscuits and Gravy Martin, and Austin, Mac and Cheese Stevens. Oh... Thank you all for your patronage and uh, and your money and 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 your your time and your ears. It's great, good stuff. <laughs> all right, Dylan's about to have a conniption fit because uh, he's got food on the way. <laughs> so he's he's a big boy. hungry boy. He's a hungry man, like those TV dinners. <laughs> Ew. Ugh. God. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So we're gonna get out of here. Um, that's the end of our show. Until next time. Goodbye.